0: Hey, welcome to Before the Drop. My name is Azodi, and in this week's episode, we're going to be talking about battling with self-doubt. Please could you subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with anyone you think needs to hear it. So, I'm sat in my studio recording this, and it would be a massive lie to say if I wasn't in a bit of pain right now, as I have definitely pulled something in my back at the gym and it is incredibly distracting. <laughs> I've tried to focus on being as productive as possible today, and it's just kind of that little pain that's kind of gnawing. Yeah, I had to whip out a few of the older yoga stretches and techniques, which I don't normally do, but um, I think this is the only way that it's going to kind of improve apart from just. I know, sitting in a tub full of hot water or covering myself in Tiger Balm, who knows? Anyway, (laughs) I'll leave you with that image. (laughs) Um, Everyone deals with self-doubt, whether you're a musician, creative, business owner. I think it's all part of being human and part of that human experience. But I would say from time to time self-doubt is healthy. I think it's a sense of self-awareness and it kind of reflects what you really want to be able to do in life. So I dived into Google as always and to quote from drcarol.com self-doubt is present in every person's life and it can mean a moment's hesitation before making a decision or it can be a paralyzing force that keeps you from taking action. Self-doubt is also a contributor to low self-esteem rather than the same thing. Whilst I was doing my research, I came across that point and I actually came across a blog from Amex of all websites that touch about battling and dealing with self-doubt. So there's a few points that they made on this blog and I want to just share my own personal experiences with some of these points. So the first point that they said was avoid making excuses. Now, I can give you two examples of me making up excuses in my mind and one of them is going to be in more of a uh, uh, social context and then the other one will be more in a career professional context. So the social one I'll go first which is actually very recently. So a friend of mine who I haven't seen for a few years was planning to fly in to London from Prague and he had organized a group of us to meet you know and have a social sort of day in London, go for some food, some drinks um, and you know just a general sort of group dynamic now in theory (laughs) that should be uh, a very straightforward meetup and social event right but for me it wasn't this was legitimately my thought process why it's still fresh in my memory Uh, and it went as follows um (laughs) oh man he's super busy He's such a, he's a popular guy. You know, he knows a lot of people. He probably won't have time to talk with me as we'll be in a group. And I know that I'm better on a one-on-one talking situation. In groups, I go very quiet and introvert. The journey to London on the train is long. Uh, I'll probably get back late. Um, I'll probably spend a bunch of money and, um, you know, I won't sleep enough either. I won't get my uh, seven to eight hours that night. It's weird, isn't it? How, how quick your brain sort of spirals into all these excuses it tells yourself. And I actually for a bit talked myself out of going. And it was luckily for my wife who knows me very well. Um, She knows what I get like and she managed to talk me out of it. And you know what? At the end of it, it was one of the best days I had in months. And I almost missed out on it. So that was the social context of me battling with self-doubt and uh you know making excuses for why I couldn't do the thing. Now let's go into more of a professional sphere. I had an opportunity just before COVID hit to fly out to Stockholm in Sweden for a K slash J pop songwriting camp. And it was an amazing experience and opportunity. I got to write in a room with people, writers from Sweden, Korea and Japan and, you know, a couple of Brits, you know, keeping the Brits (laughs) there as well. And not only that, it was a great experience, but it brought in a lot of big opportunities later on in my career. Now, turns out, I almost didn't go. (laughs) I almost missed it. My thought process went as follows, you know, I don't think I can afford the flights. I don't think I can afford the hotel to stay in Stockholm. You know, I've been saving money um, for my honeymoon with my wife. FYI, I still haven't gone on my honeymoon with my wife because of COVID, just so you know. <laughs> um, and my mentality was like, yeah, still saving for our honeymoon. Um, I shouldn't spend the money, you know, just in case. You never know something goes wrong. You need to have the money as a backup. I just justified it to myself and I managed to go and have a great time, an amazing experience. But it could have very easily not happened. For you who are listening to this right now, I would ask you, you know, think back on opportunities that you've turned down before. You know, what reasons did you give yourself for not going on that thing or doing that thing? You know, and then ask yourself, and the most important question is, were these legitimate reasons or just excuses? So the way I kind of got around it generally, you get the, the stimulus from the external world, sit back, wait, and think. That split second, you know, we have that moment in our brain to decide how we're going to act to that external factor. In those split seconds that really define us as human beings, it defines whether we become successful or not. You know, success is really just a series of decisions. That's it. This next point, beware of your close circle. Now, referencing the Amex website, they say there is a popular saying that we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with. While there is no scientific studies to support this notion, there is a kernel of truth in the statement. I have definitely had this a few times, definitely with circles in my past. Old circles that kind of brought me down. They don't understand what you're trying to do with your life or your career. Also, you know, being around other overly critical people who, you know, have kind of given up on music. It's just, that's just not good for your self-doubt. And I would personally try to fade away from these people. The story that I had that kind of highlights this point was people wrap up all their intentions and actions with words. We learn how to do that as we age as human beings. But like some of these people would say they support the the career and the life choices that I make, but their actions would suggest otherwise. Someone in this group was saying, how's work going? I replied with, yeah, work was okay. I did the average shift and whatnot. But then I started talking about the music career and like how it was bringing in all these big opportunities. This is kind of like the early stages of when I started K-pop pitching. Um, I was pulling in money for doing the occasional mobile video game soundtrack. And I remember this person just turned around to me and went, that's not what you do. You work in a sweet shop. That's, That's you. That's what you do. I felt really bad about all the accomplishments and achievements that I was pulling off, you know, as a composer, because it'd taken like six, seven years to get to that point anyway. You know, when you're working as a creative or musician, you're working towards more of an identity career. It's less associated with money or how you make money on a day to day basis. And it's difficult when people keep telling you that and keep feeling the need to you know remind you of that fact even though you're juggling a full-time job with a career you're getting up earlier you're staying up later and you're having more hours in the day to build something well some people don't see it that way and they they feel like you're getting too big for your boots and need to bring you back down to earth and having that in your ear on a consistent basis is just going to bring you down they're just not seeing the amount of work that you're putting in And I referenced this in one of my videos, but it's that painful, slow, bubbling under the surface phase where you've got nothing to show for your work, but you're at it every day of the week. It's it's a hard one and you're always learning and you're always improving. It's an ongoing process and it's not to say that, you know, one's better than the other. In life, it's just not that black or white. It's just not that linear. There's loads more going on beneath the surface that people don't understand about other people, you know. I would go into these situations with a certain circle of friends and come out of that situation feeling worse. It was quite a dawning moment for me in a realization that like this is not good for my head being around this. This is not a supportive environment I want to be in where you have friends that are constantly picking holes in what you're trying to do with your life and your career. It's like the constant exposure to negativity. It's this constant exposure of someone chipping away at your dream that gets you down. So the way around it is to surround yourself with people who will support your dream, as cheesy as that sounds. You know, you want to hang out with people who are a few years ahead of what you want to be doing, because it will rub off on you you'll start to think like them, You start to act like them. Like I've definitely experienced it with my publisher and mentor uh, and other songwriters who I've written with who are absolutely killing it in K and J-pop. And even online, it's like, I'm just seeing how they work. I just see how they think. I see how they see the world. It all adds to you climbing out of that sort of, you know, self-doubt and creating success for yourself. You start to think like them effectively and it rubs off on you ask yourself these questions. First one, who do you spend the most time with? Then what effect do they have on you? And then thirdly, like when you spend time with them, do you walk away feeling better or worse about yourself? Kind of like what I had initially. Do you feel better with them or do you feel worse with them? And that's normally a good indicator it's a very difficult thing to phase out friends especially if you've outgrown them because growth requires you to change as a person so they may have been your friends at school or for lifelong friends but if you're trying to do something really big and they just don't get it it's, it's really hard like it's not going to be nice it's not going to be easy but at the same time you do need to have a positive circle around you as much as possible. Right so the third point I wanted to talk about is stop asking for validation seeking others input and advice is helpful don't get me wrong however if you are in the habit of continuously asking others what they think before making decisions on important matters uh, mixes songwriting you might be weakening your faith in yourself oh yes i have definitely experienced this man everyone's got opinion on the mix haven't they you know Everyone has got, a, everyone's got an opinion on the mix. Uh, and That did actually crush my confidence and create a massive amount of self-doubt in my own abilities. But yeah, let me, let me highlight this with a story. Probably about 2017-ish, um, and I kind of had made this transition from being a kind of orchestral composer to much more of a contemporary... I was basically trying to learn a lot more contemporary production techniques through writing, EDM... Uh, Genres and dance genres and just heavier electronic genres. Now, I remembered that I'd written the song that was still today, I think, a a good song. It's a good pop song. But the mix did not come up to standard, or at least I didn't believe it did. And the way that I found out that it wasn't good enough was by pitching the song to a certain sort of online uh, label and then just basically being told via email that. I know what you're trying to do but the mix is, is not good. It's not working. It's quite a hard thing to take. Now on the other side it's good because I had someone directly tell me you're not good enough. They've reworded you're not good enough or your mix is not good enough. I keep doing this. I say you but it's care. I've got to be careful because it's actually the mix is not good enough not me as a person. Oh, I always slip into that habit so I've got to stop. Even though the song was good it was solid the mix was not up to scratch. Now what happened is I was seeking external validation from another music producer but the problem is I knew the song was good, I knew the melodies were good, I knew the production was good but the one thing at the end the mix was not good and I became quite obsessed with trying to seek external validation um, from my peers and what had happened is I started to write off the last sort of 10 years or so of my production experience as not being good anymore um it kind of is quite poisonous it takes over your mind well it's weird you I just thought that 10 years was not good anymore and and I was not I was not worthy of anything unless my mixes were up to scratch and what I should have done is gone hey This is this guy's opinion on the mix, but if I send it to like 10 other people, I'm more likely going to get an opinion that's going to be very different and varied. And this was just before I kind of landed my first publishing deal with Korea. But I remember going into that publishing deal with very low self esteem regarding my mixes and having a lot of self doubt that I could do it anymore. I had a chip on my shoulder because. I had been pitching to Korea on and off for about five years at this point and all of those times had been rejected or never got an answer. I'd gone into my first sort of K-pop publishing deal with quite a lot of self-doubt and low self-esteem, but I knew that I wanted to do it. But then you start telling yourself all these things. Like, I almost didn't sign that deal because I had a lot of self-doubt. I was thinking, oh man, my mixes aren't good anymore. My songs don't sound uh, like they belong in Korea. My songs don't sound like they belong in Japan. Or my room isn't soundproofed properly for a mix. Or my gear, my equipment is cheap. But the reality is, out of all of that, you know, I just simply hadn't practiced enough. I just simply needed to keep writing K-pop and J-pop and all this sort of stuff. So what I would suggest to you is to actually stop looking for so much validation from random people on the internet and maybe just get a few opinions on a handful of people that you trust once or twice is not really going to matter. But over time, if you're constantly asking for these opinions from people that you don't know or trust, it's just going to eat away at your confidence like it did for me. And it's much harder to kind of rebuild your confidence back up again. I actually talk about this point seeking external validation in one of my YouTube videos for things I wish I knew when starting K-pop production. Um, I highly recommend you check it out because I've run into seeking external validation a few times in my music career. The one in the video is actually a different point that would be interesting for you to listen to as well. Don't talk about your plans. Do you ever get it when... If you say you will do something, you kind of don't do it. (laughs) I think there's been a TED Talk about this. So what happens is you end up tricking your own brain. By saying that you will do it, you give your brain the gratification of finishing the task before actually doing the task. Do you ever get it where you're like, yeah, yeah, let me just, uh, I'll send you an email later. And then you never actually send the email. (laughs) Uh, Or yeah, let me just wrap that up for you. I'll do that tomorrow. And then you never actually do it. A way to get around that is just to keep it quiet and then do the thing. Then tell the person that you have done the thing. And this should help with any sort of hesitation or self-doubt or uh, not doing what you need to do. So there we have a few tips on how to battle with self-doubt. Just remember, some of these are going to work for you. Some of these are not going to work for you. And it's all about having the tools to deal with the situation at that point in time. So I'd like to end on a kind of positive, nice little random moment at the end of this podcast. We have the question here. What was your favourite moment of this week? I'll tell you what my favourite moment of this week was was actually hanging out with my friend in London for the whole day. Thank God I didn't give in to my own self-doubt and crippling thoughts, stopping me from experiencing a very good day and a pleasant experience that I haven't had for a few months. Please subscribe, rate and review this podcast. If you are a brand or artist and would like to work with me, please get in touch via azodimusic.com. Thanks so much and I'll catch you again next week.